It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, June 11th. Good morning to everybody out there, or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend some time with us. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by Mike Minter. He is a big fan of Rio Hondo Prep. His son just graduated from there. So he's going to tell us all about what it's like to have a, a son uh, graduate during this pandemic we've been in and just the how, how that whole experience has kind of changed that uh, that natural celebration that occurs every single uh, late spring, early summer for most seniors, but definitely a little different for all of the seniors this year. So Michael Phillips in on that. He's done a little umpiring. He's also coached some football. Just uh, We're going to go down memory lane a little bit. I didn't meet Mike until later in life uh, as an umpire and, and our past cross, and we started talking about uh, kind of our past, and he had plenty of good things to say about uh, Rio Hondo Prep, and his son ended up playing there. So that's kind of our little connection, and we'll get right to that interview with Mr. Mike Minter here shortly. Uh, a few things on my mind that today, guys. I finished up a great, great show last night. It was on AMC before it was ever on Netflix. It was the show called Turn, T-U-R-N, and it's a show about spies during the Revolutionary War, specifically George Washington spies and spies of the Continental Army. And if you think back to those times, you know there, re- there really wasn't any – uh, technology communication. It was really interesting how they communicated without being uh, found out as well. Just a really good show. I had actually started the show many different times, watched it one episode, maybe two. It just never got around to it. Other things came up. You know how life is sometimes. I remember starting it out when it was on AMC. And then I recently found out, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago that it was on Netflix. So I went right into it. It was only four seasons. 10 episodes each one, you know, typical hour, 50 minutes or so. Guys, I got to tell you, uh, if you're a fan of history, if you're a fan of America, if you're a fan of espionage, of a warfare, uh, it's got it all. It really does. And and I really enjoyed that. Valerie and I watched it uh, end to end pretty quick, and we just loved it. it just uh, all kinds of emotions through it. An amazing depiction of the man, George Washington, actually, whoever that actor was incredible. So I got to tell you, look at 4th of July is coming up here shortly. Uh, the country's somewhat divided, <laughs> we'll say, to put the term, uh, to say it loosely. Uh, you know, that's probably the best way we can put it these days. But uh, you know what, guys, I, I challenge you, if you're looking for something that's a little different, uh, check it out. Check it out. There's moments where it's slow, but man, it's got some some great stuff in it. Just a really, really good show. I can't say enough about it. And again, with Independence Day approaching, I think it'll give you a much better appreciation for uh, our our independence, our freedom, uh, our American flag. Uh, you know, everything uh, you know that makes this country great. And and you know, we are far from perfect as a country. And I think there's parts in the show that show that as well. I think you'll know what I'm talking about if if you get a chance to look at it. But you know what? Uh, it definitely made me proud uh, of uh, to look back and. 
I, I, I tend to get emotional when I think of history and, and all that people have done for us and, and just uh, Americans in general. And, and that, that is, uh, it's truly powerful. And anytime it is shown on screen, it, it tugs at my heartstrings for sure. Just really good stuff. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. Check that show out. Uh, a lot of, lo- we can learn a lot from it. I, I know I enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, you know, upcoming tonight, Thursday night, once again, we're going to see some top rank boxing on ESPN. Uh, I've said it before, guys. I really enjoy combat sports. I like the how old school boxing is, and I don't care if it's not a non-title fight or something. It's something that's there that we can watch, you know. Uh, there were some fights on Tuesday. I know UFC is coming up on Saturday. I kind of like when they fight different days that, that cause you know, there's times where UFC is cool. There's times boxing is cool, at least in my, in my mind. So anyway, uh, th- that's something to look forward to tonight. If you're uh, looking for some sports, uh, last night, Wednesday night, actually, there was, uh, you know, there was, uh, the MLB draft and I had almost forgot about it. You know, and some people are like, well, what's MLB? What's Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's that sport that they used to play in the spring and, and summer that hasn't played yet. They're still negotiating the time uh, and money and all these different things. Uh, but there was a Major League Baseball draft last night, the uh, whole first round and the compensation picks. Uh, I, I found myself sitting there watching it, and, and it was cool to see a lot of the footage. You know, they're showing the prospects when they're drafted and stuff, and and I, I saw a lot of my buddies on some of the highlights working home plate, my umpire friends. So that was kind of cool to kind of sit there and watch some of those highlights and guys from around the country even getting a little uh, little airtime, even though they're looking at the you know the pitchers or the hitters or whoever they're looking at on ESPN and Major Major League Baseball Network. So that was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't the most entertaining of things, but it was something sports related that uh, it was the first really meaningful thing baseball's done in the past few months. So, uh, but again, I don't know if they're going to play baseball, what the deal is. We talked about that with Bill Barnes yesterday. I, I really don't know, but that was just on my mind. Uh, there was a NASCAR race. I, fl- I flipped back and forth between that. I mean, I mean, I'm up for anything right now, guys. I, I have missed sports. I told you with the past couple of weeks, everything that's been going on, I don't care as much about sports opening up because there's some bigger issues at hand, but I do think sports unites us at times. You know, it's able with something that we can, we can uh, agree on and, and watch and, uh, you know, high five each other, whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, whatever sports you like, I've tried to open up a little bit more and broaden my, uh, my outlook on, on various sports. And, and I'm learning about some new sports too. I, I don't know much, about some of the sports I've even mentioned today, but I'm trying to uh, learn a little bit. It it gives me something to do. And and like I said, it's, uh, it's something it sure beats uh, watching reruns and such. But if you got a good show, like, like the show turn to watch, then by all means, Uh, and we're going to, we're going to look for that next big show. I can promise you that Uh, a few other things, guys, I saw, man, social media. Let me tell you, I I have tried so hard to stay off it uh, because there's plenty of good things, but man, I see some ugly things. I, I, I want to call out my, my coward of the day. Uh, I don't know if this will be a segment, but I, I hope it isn't. I hope I don't have to say this a lot. But there was a group. I saw this video clip of a police officer in riot gear, and he's standing there holding uh, holding his ground, just not moving. And I don't even want to call – they're not – pro. these were not protesters. I don't want to call them rioters because they weren't really destroying anything. I'll just call them cowards because I think that's what they were. These guys and girls, uh, there was a large group, but in the clip you could only see probably a handful of them. 
and this police officer standing there in his riot gear, pretty young guy. And these young cowards were getting as close to this guy as possible and taunting him. And multiple middle, middle fingers right in the guy's face. Uh, then they started blowing smoke, marijuana, cig- uh, nicotine. I don't know what it was, but they're blowing smoke at him, taunting him. Then they got out a laser pointer. They're kind of getting under him and pointing it. And I'm watching the video, and I couldn't watch much of it. I just wanted this guy to just take a swing at these people. I'm like, those cowards are doing that. They're doing something like that knowing they're not going to get hit or retaliation. And I don't care what place you do these types of things in, these cowardly type acts. It, it doesn't have to be a, a police and citizen type type scenario like that. But think of the times in life where people will taunt, maybe not you personally, but they'll taunt someone else, some other cause. Uh, try to be a big bad bully. And they know there won't be a repercussion or if there is that they will be this, uh, you know, revolt or this, uh, a bigger retaliation against that person or, or group of people for doing something. I just, I just found that so cowardly. I don't know another word to use. You're going to get up in front of a police officer who hasn't done anything to you and you're going to flip them off and, blow smoke at him and taunt him trying to be all big, bad and tough. Well, you're not, you're not, you're not tough at all. You're the exact opposite of tough. And man, I tell you, people don't think there's uh people don't think uh, that, you know, there, there's a, <laughs> uh, this isn't, this isn't, a topic regarding the protests, the riots, any of that. This isn't that that scenario wasn't even a race related topic. It was just a couple, a group of kids who were being cowards. And you know what? I tell you, participation trophies, look what they've turned people into. It's turned people just into, man. I'm I'm at a loss of words right now. It just bothered me so much. And I know there's a lot of things on the news and and social media that has bothered a lot of us. I don't mean to harp on it. I'm just venting a little bit here. It was the one thing I saw. I I mean, I've seen some great things. I've seen police officers and and protesters shake hands. I've seen uh, people talking together, uh, marching together. And then I see stuff like that. And I'm just, it just... I know it's few and far between. Trust me. I understand that there are more good citizens out there than there are bad ones. There's more good cops out there than there are bad ones. I believe that. I believe in people. I know it's it's very difficult at times, but I believe in, in our country. I believe in our citizens. I know we're not getting along right now in all of our uh, walks of life, but you know what? I'm hopeful that we can and we will. And I hope that there's more people that condemn the acts of these cowards that I'm talking that I'm talking about right now. That does nothing, absolutely nothing. So those are my two cents on that. Um, 
I do want to move into something a little more, eh, a little more fun. Just one last topic before we get into our interview with Mr. Mike Minter. Uh, you know, some of the things on social media can be entertaining, can can be uh, <laughs> quite laughable. There's a few pe- people and uh, comedians I follow. Uh, I just, man, I love them. They they like they make me laugh. They are uh, informative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Hodge twins. I don't know if you've seen them. They're, they're, they're uh, t- twin brothers and they usually post a five minute video or so. And they give their uh, opinions about a topic and uh, you know, I'm sure not everyone agrees with them, but it, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, I love a lot of things they say. Um, some of the other, other comedians out there. Um, I heard that Adam Carolla is going to be going on my buddy, uh, Clay Tratton, not my buddy, but uh, my, one of my favorite uh, radio guys, Clay Travis, he's going to be on his radio show on Thursday or he was uh, in the, in the morning, I think. And then Travis is going to be his guest, whatever the case is, but it's just, I like when people can, there's a, some people have a special art. They're able to take serious situations and find humor in them, but at the same time, not dismiss, the seriousness of, of, of a situation. Those are some of my favorite people. They find humor in serious situations, but they're, they're not making fun of like people's beliefs and stuff. They just, it, it's a certain touch some people have and some people don't. Let me tell you, uh, I, I'm deaf. Those are my types of people. I love seeing, seeing that because we can all use a laugh here and there, right? If we take ourselves too serious, I mean, man, what's the point? We got to have some fun out there too. So Anyway, I'm rambling enough this morning, but I just wanted to say those things, just a few things off my chest. I always jot a few things down and just try to uh, express them as best I can. Thank you all for bearing with me. I know I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. you who listen, you know who I am. So, (laughs) but anyway, thanks for bearing with us this morning. Let's get right to the interview with Mike Minter. Uh, It's a rather short one, shorter from the, uh, the more recent ones we've had. I really enjoyed our interview with Bill Barnes yesterday. I thought it was uh, – Bill's here every week. I thought it was probably our best interview that he and I have done, and we've done well, probably 10 now. The interview before that on Tuesday was with Tony Padilla. Uh, incredible interview. Love chatting with him. Uh, I guarantee you'll learn something from him if you if you listen to that. And then, of course, Mr. McRaven – sorry, Mr. McRaven, Todd McRaven on Monday. That was a blast too. So just a couple – or excuse me, three really – Fun interviews that I've had this week and, and just really looking forward to uh, to talking with more people down the road. We got Mike Minter today. Guys, if you haven't had a chance to listen to those interviews, go ahead and check them out at your leisure, of course, whenever you can. We know people are busy out there, hopefully getting back to work and just, uh, you know, summer's here. Who knows? It's going to be I- – I'm excited. I'm excited for some positive things ahead. We've had enough negativity, don't you think, for, for 2020. Let's try to uh, – seek out some positivity here soon. So anyway, let's get right to Mike Minter. We're going to have a quick break and then we will get right down to our interview with Mike Minter. Okay. Joining us today is Mike Minter. He is a teacher, a high school football coach. He's done both of those for a long time. He's also a parent of a Real Hondo Prep senior this year. So he has some insight on what that's been like with the whole COVID situation. But let, let me first Welcome him to the program. Mike, welcome to the program. Oh, Matt, uh, thank you. I'm very happy to join this wonderful podcast you got going. Thank you so much for those words. Uh, have you been listening much to the podcast? How did you kind of 
did you just see it on Facebook and kind of uh, listen to a few episodes? Tell me, tell me about your experience uh, with our podcast so far. I did. I actually saw it uh, on, on Facebook that you were doing this podcast and I hopped on to see, uh, I noticed a couple names, uh, especially I just listened to uh, good old PC over there doing a great little podcast uh, the other day and got my juices flowing. <laughs> Paul Clark, man, he has so much energy. That was a, a lot of fun to say the least. Uh, Paul hasn't changed a bit. Uh, I was able to see him at a football game <laughs> here and he hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll touch on all these individually, but just a, a brief kind of uh, outlook on, on Mike Minter. He, he played in Cary Youth League, went to Rio Hondo Prep just in elementary. He ended up going to Bishop Amat, playing football there and golf. <laughs> so that's a unique thing. But, you know, Mike, let, let's go to the beginning and talk about your time in Cary Youth League. How did it, how did it start for you? And, you know, how long were you in it? Oh, well, it started, my dad uh, uh, was at BCL when it really first started. Uh, my grandparents, uh, my grandpa's house was on Milo Ann, which is one of those streets adjacent there to, uh, to Rio Hondo Prep. So I was born and raised around Rio Hondo Prep. I lived, uh, my grandfather lived across the street from the Carsons and the Orsburns and Mr. Taylor and Mrs. Taylor. And so I grew up with all those boys um, from kindergarten on. I was uh, I was part of the Rio Hondo Prep program, Care Youth League. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. And and the people who know of Rio Hondo Prep know the campus that a lot of the surrounding houses in that community, a lot of them are uh, people who end up going to the program or have gone to the program. Uh, it's it's just this this campus down this down this uh, residential street that no one, unless you know exactly where you're going, you really can't find it or anything. But uh, yeah, Milo Ann Street, a ton of people who, who are still there, coaches and, and people who've gone through the program. So that's pretty interesting to hear that you were living in that neighborhood and uh, kind of joined up that way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a special time when I was young, you know, having the care youth uh, and, and the Rio Hondo uh, facility there was, was our playground even when we weren't um you know doing all the sports activities and all the good stuff that goes along with care youth league yeah absolutely and and, and who were some of your uh, leaders growing up your coaches there mike and maybe some of the guys you played with who ended up going to rio and, and all the way through the program oh wow there's my, my my leaders i had some special people um off the top of my head mr reed was uh, one of my leaders. Mr. Orsburn was another one of my leaders. I was, you know, I was blessed early with going to school there. So, you know, I, uh, my teachers, you know, Mrs. Lunny, Mrs. Lee, uh, Mrs. Taylor, uh, Mr. Reed, they were my teachers. And, um, you know, I, even to this day, I'll still, you know, with Mrs. Lee just passing and Mr. Lunny mm -hmm. just passing, you know, Mr. Lunny actually taught me how to read music when I was Gosh, in first grade, and those were two some you know two of some of my special mentors that were there when I was growing up for sure. Yeah, the the list is is just endless with with the good people over there and the people who had impact on young men and women through the program, Care Youth League, and and Mike, it's been so much fun talking to so many different people on the different paths they've taken in their life as they've grown up, but it all comes back. 
you know, to the, the Care Youth League, Real Hondo Prep, Boys Christian League, just any of their experiences, they're just these treasures for these people who've, who've gone on and, and done some great things, but, you know, they like to look back and, and they attribute so much of their life to their experiences at Care in Rio. Oh, absolutely. Um, going back, you know, well, I was, uh, before Dean came back this past year, you know, I would go back uh, when we had breaks or um, play on a Thursday night or a Saturday night, and I'd go to the football games and just going onto that campus, just pulling into that driveway, you know, and to the cul-de-sac there, just a flush full of great memories that I had going to school there and all the times growing up with all those you know, I was able to have still a lot of the same friends I would see there. And uh, I was able to actually a couple of my friends' children that will be graduating with Dean this year. And it was really still is a special, special place. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool that, you know, you're someone who went to another high school, yet you really um, – you, you really respect Real Hondo Prep. You, you are a big fan. You followed them even before your son was playing there. And, and, and it's just those type of uh, friendships and interactions and, and support that, you know, for Real Hondo that people don't always, always know that's out there. But again, uh, as someone who didn't go to high school there, I'm sure you had a ton of friends who were your same age who, maybe you interacted with that went through the program all the way. Who, who are some of the names? Oh, uh, some of the guys I grew up with there, and I still see uh, Todd Carson, of course, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ricky Johnson, uh, Peter Clark, Mike Whiteside, uh, Dwayne Daldy. Um, the list could go on and on. Uh, Joey Parks. Um, you know, Lindy. Lindy Lenny was in my class. Uh, Pauline Hampton. Um, you know, all those. Or Pauline Murphy now, I'm sorry. Um, they were some of the the ones that I still see and I and I still remember, you know, when we were just little 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 lads and running around there, <laughs> having a great old time. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting, Mike. And and you know, you talked about your son Dean uh, transferred over over to Real Hondo Prep. Uh, if if I if I understand correctly, and you know, you, you're a, you've been a fixture at the Real Hondo games. Uh, since you know he transferred over and, and just had to be a blast to watch him play for a school that you have so much respect for. What can you tell me about your son uh, specifically playing football, coming over to Rio when he did, and, and things like that? Yeah, yeah, we transferred uh, from Bosco Tech, um, which was a, was a great place also, but we had to do a couple things um, to make it fit for his senior year, and we we were talking about Rio Hondo Prep, and we went over there and talked with Mrs. Orsburn and. And she was gave us an, a wonderful chance to get part of it. You know, we transferred in mid junior year, so um, mm-hmm. it was incredible uh, this past year. You know, it started off. He got. He was lucky enough. You know, before all this Corona stuff hit, uh, he went to. They had a Europe trip, and he did the Europe trip with the guys, and, and that was unbelievable for him. And he came back and hopped right into the football season, and it was a great year this year. I mean, they. Uh, they came so close. Uh, they went undefeated all the way to Arupa. I'm sure you know, Matt. I saw mm-hmm. you at a couple of those games, and and uh, they had a great bond. And it all started. It was typical, Real Hondo Prep. Um, <laughs> you know the thing of family and uh, brotherhood, and uh, it it showed on the field and the way they played and and acted amongst each other. And that's one thing that um, 
I was excited for Dean to get a part of. Um, he, it was uh, such a building block for him to be able just to, that final mold that my son needed uh, to grow up and and um, maturate to uh, you know onward to college. And uh, mm -hmm. it was it was a, it was a blessing. It was really incredible to watch my son out there uh, having fun and uh, com you know <laughs> competing. That was great. That's outstanding, Mike. And and he was a good player, and, and he was fun to watch. And it's fun to see, you know, kids of of famous <laughs> names and alums from Rio now playing. It it makes us all feel a little older, but it also is is a blast to see because it brings people back. It brings people back who played there, who maybe grew up there as kids, and then you see their faces more at football games because their kids are in it now. It's just one big family, I think, and, and it's it's just a fantastic thing to be a part of. I'm really glad to get the opportunity to talk to people such as yourself, many people on this podcast with those connections, uh, and, and a lot of the same things get said. I mean, it's the same it's very consistent with everyone's experiences there. So that's really cool that he got to, uh, to come over and, and be a part of it. And, and what can you tell me as, as far as Dean goes, what, what has this whole thing been like from a parent of a senior? We, I see a lot of things on Facebook and different social media about, you know, they don't have a graduation ceremony or people doing it online. But, but what has it been like as a parent uh, of a senior in this COVID-19 lockdown? Well, it's it's been uh, it's been tough. Uh, I I feel more for uh, my son, and you know, and and you know, um, it, it's been so, you know, it's it's unprecedented what these you know seniors are going through, and and um, it, it pretty much the, the one thing that I can get out of it is it's kind of built their character on, you know, appreciating all the little things that we were you know taking advantage of and. And um, I feel that, you know, he's, we're still hoping and like, we're praying that he's going to have a graduation. I know Rio's still holding off and we're trying to maybe see if we could do something in person. But they did a virtual back, a baccalaureate that was, that was wonderful. And they're having a video tonight, actually. And, um, you know, the little things, you know, walking, um, you know, making a senior walk and, uh, you know, um, throwing your tassels up with all your, your, uh, with all your peers together and, you know, the camaraderie of a graduation and, you know, especially for, you know, people like my mother and my grandmother and, you know, that really were waiting to kind of see, you know, their grandson and, and my, you know, and, and Dean um, kind of make that special walk. He's, um, he's done so well uh, in his academics and, you know, he's going to, hopefully he won't miss out on, but, just the little things of your final months of high school that, you know, are so special that he did miss that hopefully we can figure something out here in a month or so where that we can, you know, still make it work. So we're keeping our fingers crossed still, Matt. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's definitely a tough time for everyone. You know, it, it shouldn't take away from the achievement at all. Uh, you know, everyone who who's going through this. Yeah, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, senior year and every second, every day. It was just such a good time. And uh, it, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I think there's a lot of good people out there and technology is going to help it if, to, to put something together for, for these guys. 
but uh, it's a big part of their life, and I'm sure they'll never forget it now for for other reason. What what are uh, what are some of Dean's plans uh, after graduation? Uh, I think I saw that he was uh, was it Arizona State, or was there other other things uh, going on that he has planned? Uh, Dean is going to be a Sun Devil. He uh, was accepted, and we are enrolled at Arizona State University. So his um, his journey, his, you know, his next journey is about to begin. As of right now, they plan on starting in August um, in person. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully that will all work out. Um, but we're excited. Dean's excited. Uh, you know, all that hard work has finally paid off for him. He was blessed. You know, I think he applied for – 10 colleges and he was accepted to I think nine and he kind of had the pick of uh, where he wanted to go and um, he's going to be an Arizona State Sun Devil Matt. Well that's great news and uh, you know it's a great area fun area a little hot but hey it's hot everywhere. (laughs) 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 Well that's really cool happy for him happy for you Mike and all your family and everything that's that's really good news. And, you know, Mike, let's talk about you at Bishop Amat. You said you played football there and some golf there. What was your experience like playing at Bishop Amat? Because that's a pretty good football program in the area here, the San Gabriel Valley in Southern California. Did you play against anyone real famous or who went on to, to bigger things? What, what were your football days like there? Yeah, I played at uh, football at Amat for a couple of years. Um, they, uh, I mean, you know, Amat was, was Bishop Amat when it just really was becoming really what it was. We always had that, um, that feeling of, you know, being, you know, the, you know, the mighty men that were the blue and gold, which was always that saying. And when I had gotten there, uh, Eric, the enemy was a senior, uh, Major Royster was a junior. Um, I mean, I think there were about four NFL players on that team when I was a freshman, uh, Chico Fraley, Troy Azine, Eric Bienemy, Mazio Royster. I mean, there was some big-time football players there. And um, I ended up um, leaving there uh, my junior year. Um, so I didn't get to play my senior year there. But, um, yeah, Amat was special. It kind of laid that foundation of what big-time football is all about for me. Yeah, and you know what? I've had the opportunity to – to work a few football games at Bishop Amat as far as a, an official goes. And I got to tell you, it's one of the best atmospheres you're ever going to see. I think a lot of local schools could learn a, a thing or two from, from the way they do things over there and just the, the atmosphere. I've always joked with the, you know, Mark Carson that it's kind of, it has a similar feel to Rio games. It's obviously a bigger scale, but it has that kind of neighborhood feel to it. And, and I think Bishop Amat it, it, they pride themselves on a lot of things, but football specifically here in the San Gabriel Valley area. So, so that's really cool. And, and I, like I said, I've, I've always enjoyed going over there to work some ball games. Keeper stadium hasn't changed a bit. And, uh, you know, you talk about how Rio can, you know, has that same feeling. I think uh, the new care park is, is beautiful. I, I wish Dean could have played one game though there at the old field. At uh, at Rio Hondo, that little bowl where we would fill those sidelines up, and it had that same feel of uh, one thing about Keeper Stadium. It's uh, personable. You're in it. You know, you're on top of it, and it was just like that too with uh, with Rio. I know I used to kid Mark also about, you know, maybe we could play one game here for old time's sake, and yeah, it has that same feel almost. It really does. 
<laughs> Definitely. It's a, it's a great, great uh, campus and a great stadium. Uh, one of the classics still left. So uh, good stuff there. That's uh, yeah. I've always enjoyed working games there, man. They, they do it right too. They got so many different concessions. They got, Oh man, they, they love their football at Bishop Vermont. It is uh, it's a special place when it comes to football. Um, I know coach Haggerty's doing a great job over there right now, trying to bring back, you know, that old school, you know, you come here cause you want to play and, you know, put on that a on the side of your helmet and, and I know they're doing, I got a couple of friends that are over there coaching right now and they're, they're doing it right. You know, these times are a little different now with, you know, the St. John Bosco's and the modern days and the transfers and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, it's almost, uh, you know, they, you got to be committed and be part of the program. And if you're not, you know, people want to shop and go elsewhere. So it's tough, tough business, that D1 football, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and Mike, you talked about uh, off the air about coaching football. You coached at Monrovia High School from 1998 to 2014. Uh, tell me what that experience has been like, how you got into coaching, first of all, and just uh, kind of the, the general duties uh, you were responsible for. Well, you know, I got into coaching the same way I got into umpiring baseball. The San Gabriel Valley Tribune, uh, I think on Tuesdays, used to – have like a wanted in the sports section they would have a wanted kind of side right on the side of the paper for you know different things that you could uh um you know that were going on there locally in the valley and one of them was um monrovia seek jv coach and i was like ah, I had a, my cousin was coaching at arroyo at the time and i was gosh i don't know maybe 20 in my early 20s and i said i'll try it you know I'm, what do i gotta lose i'll go and put an application there at Monrovia and I did. And uh, that's when Dave Moore, I'm sure you know Dave Moore, he was the AD there and uh, went in there and lo and behold, it was me and another guy from Bishop Amad actually. And um, I got the job and, and that was it. I was, I stayed there. I was blessed to really coach high school at two schools all my career, you know, almost 18 years at Monrovia and, three years at Bosco or maybe something around there. And it was a special place. Monrovia is a, uh, is a gem also of the Valley, you know, diehard fans, a lot of talent. I, uh, the names are unbelievable. Some of the kids that I was able to coach and watch and I'm looking forward to going back there and getting back into that green and white again. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I really hope there's a football season. I, I am hopeful that, that there will be one. I think things are going in the right direction. Uh, I, I've had a few connections to Monrovia High School. First of all, my senior year, we we, uh, we went 11-man, and that field at, at Rio Hondo that you talked about wasn't quite ready to be an 11-man field. So we played our couple of home games at uh, – we rented Duarte High School, but for our homecoming game, we rented – Monrovia High School. So we played there. Uh, little trivia question. The first uh, homecoming game in Reels 11-man history was actually at Monrovia High. Uh, yeah, I, I got I got hurt that game, and I never really recovered. I, I hurt my ankle so bad, and uh, so it was kind of an unfortunate memory for me. Uh, but years later, as a football official, I got to work a playoff game over there with uh, our assigner, Tracy McFate, who was on this podcast uh, quite a few episodes ago. 
but he was a Monrovia grad, uh, you know, not recent or anything, but he worked the, he worked the game. We worked the game. Um, I can't remember who it was against, but Tracy was, was uh, eyes all big and wide about being on that, <laughs> being on that campus again. And uh, yeah, so people, oh, isn't that a conflict of interest? I mean, you know, th- there's so many different connections and everything that, I mean, if you were a graduate two years ago, okay, maybe that would be different. But anyway, that was kind of a fun thing to do and just be back on that field in a little different, uh, different way than, than from playing. Tracy uh, was a wildcat. We, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what playoff game. It might have been one of our championship games, and he had came out and did actually a little, uh, a little talk before the game. And uh, with our head coach, you know how the officials come around. And um, mm-hmm. as he was leaving, he kind of gave a wink over to us and said, hey, no special favors. And he kind of gave us a little <laughs> wink. And Tracy, you know, you work with Tracy. He's one of those guys. He's just a great guy, too. And, and um, yeah, I remember old Tracy coming around. I, I had a great story with Tracy, too. We were in West Torrance one of my early years. And I don't know if you remember, was it Joe Bernanski? Was that one of the officials, Big Joe? And oh, yeah. <laughs> he was our umpire. And um, Tracy had made, there was some call, and he came over to the sideline. Steve Garrison was the head coach then. And he came over to the sideline, and uh, he said, Steve, if I've got to tell you one more time, I'm going to throw you from here back into the bus and over to Monrovia. And I remember we all kind of giggled like, how's this guy know Steve Garrison so well? Yeah, he's an old Monrovia guy. So, yeah, Tracy's a great guy. Love Tracy. Yeah, absolutely. He's a big mentor of mine and just a, a lot of fun uh, memories working football with him. And, and yes, just to clarify, the no favoritism at all. He's a professional. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes in their scheduling conflicts and those things happen. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, well, that's awesome, Mike. You're going back to coach some football football this upcoming season at least we hope so and and you talked about umpiring baseball uh that is actually how I first met you is we worked some youth games together a few years ago and we got to talking about Real Hondo and Care Youth League and I had no idea before I I met you and that was just so much fun to to catch up and uh, just show what a small world it is oh yeah umpiring uh I've met so many good people like yourself through umpiring. Um, you know, uh, one of my mentors, you know, that I'm sure, and you, I know you know, Andy Angelo, um, mm-hmm. an absolute, uh, as close as thing to, you know, uh, one of a good, a good, good, great man and a good, good friend. Um, you know, when I joined umpiring, um, I was through Andy. I, I started in the San Gabriel Valley and high school and they needed umpires the same way that I did coaching. They, they put an article in there that they seeking umpires. And I went to the San Gabriel Valley and they, I got a name, I think through, um, I can't remember who it was. I think Dave Baxter said, Hey, you got to call this guy, Andy Angelo. So I called Andy and it was, Oh, I think 1998 or seven, maybe. And, um, it was just that time when he was just doing, um, Charter Oak, Orangewood, um, you know, a couple of uh, those, Walmer Auto. And he had a group of guys who are legendary now, you know, Bob Lamb, Ken Allen, um, Luther. Uh, I can go on and on about some of these guys. And they were the ones that kind of molded me 
Baptism by mm-hmm. fire, Matt. That's how I learned to be an umpire. They threw me right into the ring, and it was a great, great time. <laughs> those are some great names. I still talk to a lot of those guys. Uh, yeah, you got that right. You, you jump in the fire with those guys, and, and you learn real quick. <laughs> oh. uh, just a lot of uh, education, we'll call it, <laughs> as far as officiating. Well, 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 Mike, you're a guy that was a coach and also a, an, an official. You were an umpire. So what can you tell me about those two crafts, maybe in how they are similar, but also how they're different? Ha- has one has being an umpire made your outlook as a coach different? And has being a coach made your outlook as an umpire different? What are some things you can tell me about doing both of those? Because not everybody does. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, umpiring and coaching are very, very similar. Um, umpire, um, um, being an umpire with baseball especially is a little different than officiating football because, uh, you know, you're more on an island in baseball and you, you got to make the call and, where uh, in you know with football you kind of get together and what do you got and what do you got and um it goes hand in hand uh, a lot of problems that i saw with officials coaching wise is guys just want to over officiate and get caught up in you know just things that they don't need to be caught up in and and i understood how hard of a job it is to be out there you know being an official and uh the things that were very similar would be, um, you know, that, that, I, that I would think would be very similar is just the way you go about getting ready for the game. Uh, coaching, you got to get, you know, you got to you do your practice, you do your work, you go out, you do the game. Baseball and football the same way. We get together, we do our clinics. Um, before the game, you have a good pregame. You kind of lay down the law, especially in baseball. I think uh, the best umpires, you know, including Matt, I watch you, including yourself. You lay it right down there in the pregame on how it's going to go. This is what's going to roll. And coaches, especially good coaches, you always wind up with a, a meathead once in a while with baseball umpires. But good coaches will notice right away the way you walk onto a field, the way you hold your pregame, and the way you hold yourself during the game. And even if your balls and strikes and outs and safes are might be a little off. We have bad games. They'll understand that you're trying to do the best you can. And, um, you know, I learned that right away early uh, through umpiring, through those, those, guys, those guys I mentioned. Just the way you hold yourself. Put on a uniform. Football. Uh, I remember a big thing when I was doing football, we used to wear, uh, you know, uh, our stripes with our white shorts when we do the Junior All-American games. But a big thing was you always wear – another pair of shorts under so your stripes don't show through the white, little things like that. So your stripes <laughs> won't show through your white shorts. I mean, um, you know, tucking in your shirt or, you know, the way you walk in having your, your cleats clean or, or your, uh, your, shoe, your plate shoes shined and little things like that that uh, can really make your job a lot easier um, if, uh, if you do that. And if you don't, you know, you can run into a lot of trouble when people see the way you walk in looking like a, has been or someone that doesn't really know what's going on or doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everything matters. People don't realize that, you know, everything you do, especially as an umpire or official, people are watching. Everyone is watching. If you don't feel those eyes on you, you, first of all, you should have enough awareness where you you can feel that the second you walk on it on a field, uh, you know, 
I don't, I don't like that part of it. <laughs> I don't like uh, any attention at all. But, but you're right, Mike. It, it's all about the little thing. If you can't do little things, how in the world can you expect to do big things? You know, you got to <laughs> little by little doing all the little things that add up. And we could be talking about any subject right now. That doesn't have to be umpiring. That's just anything you do in life, really, in any job. But I found uh, very, very telling in, in umpiring and, and officiating that those things, uh, yeah, like you're saying, they, they do matter. They, you know, you can't get a call right until you get your uniform right, or, you know, vice versa, whatever. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, I, it's good to hear from someone else uh, in that regard. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing that uh, I learned very early is, um, you know, if you look the part, and, or what's that old saying, I think, Matt? If you look good, you feel good, you play good. It's the same with umpiring. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a big thing, you know. Looking the part, acting the part, and and you know, luckily, uh, looking like all of us, you know, we've never blown a call. I know I haven't ever, right? So, <laughs> you have those bad days and good days as they come. So, absolutely. No, I, I've I've never blown a call, Mike. I've blown <laughs> I've I have blown many calls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, you, I got that right. I mean, there's a number. Right? Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Good. good yeah. I've never, I've never missed one. I've missed many. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just, uh, that's how it goes. Um, well, well, Mike, you, you talked about coaching and everything. You were a, a teacher before this COVID uh, lockdown uh, hit us hard. And what, what could you tell me about your, your teaching experiences? What, what were some of your, your best moments, uh, maybe subjects you like to teach anything regarding your, your job as a teacher? Well, the most things that I was doing was just subbing a lot. So um, the, the teaching aspect, would, just like with coaching, you know, is uh, it, it just being some, a mentor to someone and doing the best you can to get someone ready for, um, you know, the, all the things that go through in life. I think coaching and teaching go hand in hand. And um, mm-hmm. I wish I would have gotten my credentials so I could have gone on a little further with the educational part of uh, the things I was doing. And, you know, maybe in the future that will be something that I do. But, um, yeah, they, those, they, they, they were hand in hand. Uh, most of the stuff work I did was at work Monrovia through the district there. And um, once I left there, all the, uh, all the uh, kind of all my connections pretty much went out the door. So it uh, – it's kind of fizzled out right now. I'm hoping to get back into the mix, but we'll see how it goes these next uh, couple months. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll see that way for, for most of us. I think we're in a similar boat, just kind of waiting this thing out and hoping for the best. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what <laughs> lies down the road for us, but uh, all we can do is, is wait it out and try to have a positive attitude. I know there's, uh, it's easy to be negative. I get caught up in that too, but we just, we got to do what we got to do. Well, well Micah, uh, is there anything else you'd like to touch on or, or say before we kind of wrap things up here? It's been, a, it's been a long or not long, but a fun conversation. I should say just chatting with you and, and catching up. I know we, we, we only really see each other now at like we're Hondo football games. Uh, but we always uh, take a, take a few moments to share a few thoughts and uh, it's always good to see you. Oh, Matt, I appreciate uh I appreciate you for having me on here just to talk about good old times, like, like the, you know, the, the good times at Rio Hondo prep and all those memories of 
of uh, you brought back for me over at Monrovia, and I appreciate you having me on, and look forward to to listening to all the good podcasts you got going on here, Matt. <laughs> well, thanks so much, uh, Mike. We appreciate it. It's uh, it's a work in progress. It's been fun to catch up with everyone and just put together some interviews. It, it definitely helps get through this time, and, and I appreciate you coming on the program, but also being an avid listener, you're, you're greatly appreciated. Uh, looking forward to posting this one. Uh, we'll definitely get it out probably within a week or so. But uh, Mike, thank you so much for being here and, and just uh, really chatting up with us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, Matt. And uh, I will see you soon, my friend. All righty. Take care. Okay. Thanks again, Mike Minter. Appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And yes, I hope I am seeing you very soon at a real Hondo Prep football game, whether it be on the sidelines or up in the stands. You know, we got a football season to uh, to have, hopefully, in the near future, whether it be played in August, September, or, you know, even rumors that season might be pushed into January. Whenever it is, we need high school football back. We need all football back. We need all sports back. Uh, but uh, yeah, those kids deserve to play and, and let's hope that uh, it gets here very, very soon. Thanks again, Mike. Well, guys, I'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. I really want to say thank you to everyone for listening. I forgot to mention at the start of the show, but as we, we started recording this episode, I happened to look at my total plays and you know what? We are we have eclipsed 3,000 total plays. I love it. I'll tell you every time we hit, we hit a new... Uh, uh, a new threshold and you know what I, I appreciate all of you guys for for tuning in it's been it's been wonderful just just an opportunity to talk vent uh share some stories with friends learn some things uh, i've been getting a lot of uh you know blessings by doing this and i know sometimes i'm just here rambling maybe not sure what to say all the time and, and there's other times where i just i vent my frustrations as well so thank you to everybody can't say it enough uh, I do want to say one thing. I, I got to give a special thank you to uh, John Lee. He was a guest not too long ago. Um, I'm hoping to have both of his brothers on separately, but but both of them on the show at some point. We will get to both of them. But John Lee gave me a great suggestion for a podcast, and and uh, you know I'm always looking for for good things to listen to, things I can learn from people, and, and to, as I try to improve on, on this podcast. But uh, I, I tried to check. Uh, Check out different podcasts. And John mentioned a podcast to me called Order of Man. And basically, it's uh, you know, it's just it's just a, a podcast about men and challenging you to be a, a better man and just you know all the things men like. Just uh, you know, we're, we're very ambitious beings and we have a different motivations and such. But I've been listening to that and I've uh, really enjoyed it. They're about hour long episodes, so thank you, John. I know you're listening to this episode as you are very very loyal uh, listener to our program. So thanks so much uh, for listening, but also for passing along that podcast. I will definitely be uh, giving it a more of a listen here uh, in the near future. Uh, guys, thank you to list, for listening to our podcast. If you have other podcasts that you find are uh, would be helpful or beneficial, hey, um, you know, uh, pass them my way. I'm always up for listening to something new. And I will tell you this, John Lee's brother, Ken Lee, he's actually running a podcast right now as well. It's called Dad's Den, and it's a podcast uh, Ken is doing with a buddy, and it's just uh, talking about dads and dad stuff. I'm not a dad, but but you know what? I found it entertaining. I've listened to an episode, and 
Uh, Ken does a great job with that. Can't wait to have him on the program very soon. We just got to work out some logistics, and we're going to make that happen. I will not tell you who we have on the program on Friday. We're going to uh, keep it a mystery for now. It's not uh, Honestly, we just got some more recordings to do. We really have to stockpile some more episodes with people. Uh, as people are starting to go back to work now and everything, it's getting a little harder to uh, find time to schedule interviews and sit down with people. So I'm pretty open. I, I don't, not much of uh, my life has changed. So I'm pretty open and just try to work around uh, our guest schedule whenever they can record. So that's why sometimes our recordings are, uh, of our episodes, I should say, are, you know, weeks that <laughs> we're done weeks in advance. Currently, we're kind of recording a uh, you know, every day, any chance we get. So we're going to record some more episodes actually starting today, Thursday, and uh, we'll, we'll get one out tomorrow on Friday and probably stockpile a few uh, this weekend. So that's the plan. If you have interest on coming on the show, let me know. Uh, you know where to reach us. Our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. Our Twitter handle is gethomesafepodcast. Uh, correction, our email address, gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. And our Twitter handle is gethomesafepod. Facebook and Instagram page, Get Home Safe Podcast. That's where you can follow all our information. You all know that, you loyal listeners. All our episodes, all of our information about upcoming guests is all there. And of course, you can uh, listen to us through various platforms. We operate out of Anchor, but you can listen through Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Guys, that'll wrap up another episode. Looking forward to being back tomorrow on Friday. We will have a guest. I promise you that. Well, at least uh, I'm going to try to promise you that. There's no guarantees, but we will be recording later today with uh, a couple different people. So hopefully everything comes out well and they will be posted on Friday. One of them that is, and the other one we'll probably have for Monday. But guys, I just want to say whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.